And we are live. Welcome back to the True Christian Podcast. My name is Michael Pagano, and I am with the one, the only, JD. Welcome back to the show. A lot of you know his face. If you're a new viewer, you might be like, who's this guy? Why is the title JD is back? But for our longtime viewers here, uh, long time like we've been around for a while. But <laughs> for people that have been watching for longer than a month, uh, JD is the co-host of this show. What's up, JD? What's up, Mark? Thanks, thanks for having me back, brother Bear. It's been, it's been, uh, I've been missing you all. I've been missing you all, and uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. I know Mark's gonna forget. He always says it halfway through the podcast side. So please like and subscribe and share the podcast, guys, because the way the world is going with the far left, it's 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 unclear as to how long we will still be able to be on TikTok. So, uh, and I know most of you guys have uh, followed Mark on TikTok and enjoy the content that he puts out. So please like and subscribe to YouTube because the shorts, the shorts on YouTube will become Mark's new platform soon. <laughs> so please like and subscribe. Well, hey, everybody. Good to see you. Good to see you. What's up, Trev? What's up? It's Pretty completely young? possible. It is. It is possible. And I've been telling people that, you know, hey, you, if you want to help out, make sure you go over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We still get a ton of viewers on TikTok and that's perfectly fine. Um, if you would rather watch on TikTok where you cannot comment and you can't see JD, you can't see the Bible when I put it on screen or if we watch a video, you can't see that, then hey, that's your choice. But for the people watching on TikTok, as always, we are live on YouTube, youtube.com slash at true Christian link is in the bio. And uh, with the podcast is two hours long, so you just have to sit here and uh, listen with no ability to comment, no ability to do anything. Um, so let's dive into it. As he said, hit the subscribe button, like button, all that stuff. Um, now, before we uh, uh, really dive into anything for the night, I, I was just talking about something off air with JD, and I wanted to bring it up uh, because it's sad, and I think that we definitely should be praying about it. And, and honestly, these things happen so much, so when the news emphasizes it, uh, we honestly need to do an entire episode on persecution and different things like that. But um, yeah. for those aren't aware, you know, uh, there was recently a stabbing in, in France. A Syrian refugee um, ran into a park with a knife and just started stabbing. I think it was two adults and three children that were stabbed. Now, what I saw as far as the broadcast or the or the audio, um, you know, they described it as him saying something about Jesus name. But when I actually read the news article, he was invoking every God. Like he was talking about every God, it says. He was invoking many God's names. Um, he was a man that was clearly mentally ill or dealing with some type of demonic presence. Um, and, and of course, if Satan wants to make us look bad, what, what is he going to do? Um, scream out that name, Jesus. And, you know, Jesus would never condone what that man did. Um, and that man will stand before the Almighty Father in judgment Amen. of what he did. Um, but we should have people in our prayers every day, because even if we're safe here in our comfy first world country, if you're viewing this from the United States, um, we have no idea what people are truly going through in these other countries where things aren't as yeah. safe. And I know you might be like, France isn't. No, France is. I mean, Europe has it a lot different than us because of the, the refugees that are pouring in and have been pouring in for the last 10 years. And then if you yeah. step outside of that into Africa, into Southwest Asia, into Asia, um, yeah. you're, you're seeing all types of crazy issues going on, especially for Christians. If you are a Christian in those lands, it is not safe. Um, so we need to constantly keep our brothers and sisters um, in prayer and, and just know that there are people that are 
way less fortunate than you. Instead of worrying about what you don't have, focus on what you do have because Amen. there are many people with less than you have. Amen. Amen. And it's, it's so true what Mark's saying. I mean, we've got, we've even had like, I've spoken to missionaries in China. If they get caught, if they get caught proclaiming the gospel in certain parts of China, uh, certain parts of Thailand, you know, they are deported instantly. Uh, if a local is found with any gospel material or any representation of Christ Jesus, they can get up to three years in prison, three years imprisonment as a first offense alone. So imagine spending three years in jail simply because you wore a true Christian t-shirt. Um, this is literally what's happening. So as much as we, as much as we have to, you know, be grateful for what we do have, we have to spend some time in prayer for those brothers and sisters that don't have the same luxuries we do. And the persecution in other parts of the world is very real. I mean, we had Trevor ask, what's the topic tonight? Well, we're going to discuss a little bit of, of deconstruction, and then we're going to dive straight into 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to hopefully cover the first three chapters. But you know, it goes with Mark, and I get through chapter one, maybe, in an hour. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But hopefully we can get through the first three chapters of 1 Corinthians tonight. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the main things that we're seeing in our generation now that JD has mentioned it is this whole deconstruction thing. We're seeing people all the time saying, well, I was a Christian or I was raised Christian. And then, uh, you know, this this movement of the anti-Christian and you might be like, well, it's, people have always been anti-Christian. Yes, but from the outside. Lately, we have been seeing a movement of people who try to still claim the Christian. Like I was you, I, I was a part of your of your people, and, and there you see them everywhere on TikTok. They always got the same. I swear, you know, you've slipped up on deconstruction TikTok when you get like this person who just makes tea, and then in the video it'll talk about how the church abused uh, abused her, and but it's not a real abuse. It'll be like. I worked for free and I can't believe I gave my time to the church. And then everybody yeah. in the comment section is like, oh my gosh, I know all those times I went there for free. And this, this, mm. it's always, it's always like the time I gave to the church was so traumatizing. I could have been out working or drinking or, or doing something that, that gets me something in return. Um, mm. And, and, and I've noticed that's a big thing that these ex-Christians are always complaining about. It's like they never wanted to be there in the first place. But that speaks yeah. a lot to uh, the generation of forcing Christianity into your into your family. And, and this is why I tell people all the time, like, yes, we're called to instill values into your children. But it shouldn't be like a you're a Christian because I'm a Christian. And yeah, this is what you're going to do. Because all you're doing is you're turning it into this legalistic uh attachment and they have no sense of belonging they don't ever come to christ on their bended knee they don't ever come to him for salvation so they just think they're a christian because they were born into it and when he doesn't make an appearance in their life when they need him well then he's not real well you never came to him in the first place that's why i tell parents all the time your kids are not christians not till they come to christ that's I said, I tell people, do not call your kids Christians unless they have come to Christ. They are. They might. They could say they love Jesus. My six year old loves Jesus. He's not a Christian, though. He hasn't come to Christ and say, I need your I need your sacrifice. Yeah, I need exactly. you, Lord. Right. Yeah. He says, I love Jesus so much. That's cute and beautiful. And I believe it. But at the same time, I need him to come to him so that he knows yeah. who he's relying on, that that's his Lord. 
Amen. I mean, we, we see this, we see this all the time. And this is why I say to people with, with being a father with children, I'm Mike's got a few kids. I've got a few kids. And ultimately we, we know, and we pray that the day will come when they come to the age of understanding that they go, I want to be a servant of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want, how do I get saved? And ultimately again and again, the message rings true. Your children will learn by your fruits. They will learn by your fruits. They're not going to, children don't respond to what we tell them. You tell a child, don't play with fire. Inevitably, they will be playing with fire. You tell the children, don't jump into the pool from the roof. And when you see again, children jumping off the, you know, off the roof into the pool. This is, this is, you know, what we see. We ourselves can speak from experience that when we were kids and our parents told us, don't do that, that's exactly what we went and did. Uh, so the same thing applies. The flesh is always is always going to go in the opposite direction of what God wants it to go. So as as parents, as godly parents, we need to we need to set the example. Our children learn by the way we act, by the way we talk, by the way we walk. And this is the best, this is the best and most solid foundation we can set for our children as well as our wives is to be godly men and lead by example not just preach but lead and that's that's the that's the thing that's missing in today's society people Amen. claim the name they claim the name christian but when you look at them you go mm, i wonder i so, you know i have uh, a i've got a video I, I talked about this recently i don't know if it was on the podcast or if it was just on a live stream I've had a video that I've been waiting to actually use for content that I just never got around to, but um, it's this Asian dude and he's on, he's at like a radio show and he's on, he's doing an interview and he talks about how, you know, he's not Christian. He was raised in a Christian house and his father, you know, preached all this stuff, but then he would look at his dad and be like, yeah, but you'll turn around and you used to beat me in the car and, and you used to beat your mom. And, and like you, you were not this thing. Right. And he's like, he gave me no reason to think like I should even want to be that. Right. And yeah. it, it, every time I looked at that video, I'm like, I need to do, I want to do a piece on this. I want to do content on this, but it's like, I want to make sure I approach it correctly because here's a question to, is the way you live your life evidence for someone to say, I want to know what it is that they've got. Like, do you make people want to read the Bible by your actions? Like, wait a minute, if yeah. he's reading that book and, and that's who he is, I, I should go read that book. I should go Amen. look in there too and see what he's getting out of that. Because if your if your life doesn't scream that, why would someone turn to the Bible if you are a terrible human being? And be this is where we get this whole idea like, well, you can you can do all you know, God forgives and you can sin all you want and this, this, and that. Yeah, yes, grace covers a multitude of sin, but let us yeah. not confuse that for the fact that we are called to be a light in this world. We, yeah. we are supposed to be examples, we are supposed to be Christ in this world. We are supposed to be that. People are supposed yeah. to see us and see Christ, but if you if you demonstrate everything that a sinner is, what what about you says, I need the gospel? If I'm just like you, if the world sees me and I'm the exact same thing as the world, what yeah. exactly do, does the, the are we offering to them when we tell them about the gospel? Like, bro, you and me, we look the same. Our lives are the same. You you do the same things as me. What are you? Oh, you're talking about that thing when we die that none of us know about. And, you know, we're, you're pointing to the future. All religions all for that. Right. So yeah. what is it in your life today that is evidence to that? So ask yourself today if you're listening. Right. You know, I like to sometimes throw things at you guys to think about, chew on. 
Does your life give anybody around you a reason to want to open the Bible? Not, yeah. not your words, your life. Amen. Do they see Jesus in you? That's, that's, that's the question. That's the question. Like, do, do people see Jesus in you? Do you love the gospel? Because, because a lot of people talk the gospel, but do you love the gospel? Like, like I want to get a Bible simply because the way I've seen someone change. Um, and again, we see so many people come to the faith now um, as much as we see people leave the faith. So, you know, just getting back to the topic, deconstructing isn't always a bad thing. If you've been involved in bad theology or you grew up in a movement like the prosperity gospel, for example, which we know that most Christians today started off there, you know, in, in, a, in a hyper charismatic movement. Um, so deconstruction isn't always a bad thing. If you're deconstructing from bad theology in order to study sound theology, this is a good thing. But when it comes to deconstructing from your faith altogether uh, to say, I was a Christian, but I'm now an atheist. This is, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. And my, my question is why, why would they, why would they go live and say, I used to be a Christian? Why, why would you be feel the need if you were a Christian and you thought it wasn't real or the faith is fake or the Bible is a made up story. Why feel the need to tell others that? Because the, the reality is, is we do not see people walking around going, well, I, I was today years old when I learned that Bonnie, the dinosaur isn't real. Um, Peter Pan isn't real. Santa Claus isn't real. The Easter bunny isn't real, but they so quick to jump on that bandwagon of Christianity isn't real. Jesus Christ isn't real. Um, and the most we're seeing popular, popular YouTubers even that used to that used to be out there about Jesus and out there about their faith now coming to the table saying, I was wrong. There is no Jesus. So this is scary. This is scary. <laughs> you know, um, so my question is always, and this is a question I've been wanting to ask my brother all week. Were they truly saved? Are they going through a season of doubts? Were they truly ever saved? Like, yeah. Like, it, it, I look at what were you? What were you at the church for? What? What exactly? What brought you there? Because if you left for these reasons, does that mean you weren't there for this reason? Because if you left the church because of people, were you there for people? If you left the church because of the way you know people acted or or things about the church you know that you don't like, is that the reason that you were there? Because if you came there for a different reason, why would those be the reasons that you leave that area uh, or leave that place? And there's lots of questions you could dive into when you get that. You get the you know statement of, oh, "Well, I read the Bible, and that's why I, I don't believe." It, I read a science book and that's the reason I don't believe in gravity. That's how that sounds. It, it yeah. sounds more like you have a, a, a failure of reading comprehension. Just saying you read it and that's why you don't believe doesn't mean it's not true. It just means that you didn't read it properly. Uh, or maybe yeah. you didn't read it. Maybe you're just saying that. I, I think we've mentioned this before. Atheists yeah. always say they read the entire Bible. They always be like, oh, I read the entire thing. Did, did you? You read the you read the whole thing? They can never mean, quote anything, yeah. Because apart from apart from what what makes the way you describe what we believe, it don't sound like you read the whole thing. You would think yeah. a person that's read the whole thing would be able to at least have a, a, a an intellectual conversation with me about our faith. Yeah, it's 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 whack. 
it's absolutely whack. I mean, and we, we see, I'm just seeing more and more of this. Used to be yeah. a Christian, safe space to talk, ex-Christian, come in and ask your questions. Um, and they all, they all, they all say the same thing. And, and, and this is, this is something that rings true. I feel, I think, I believe, but what does the word of God say? It, Have and, you ever and, also noticed deconstructionists are always appealing to people's flesh. They're always appealing to what everybody craves, right? Like this idea, like everybody craves a little bit of their flesh, especially early in their Christian walk. They crave that extra time that they're not giving to the Lord to do something else, the passionate desires of the flesh. And that's exactly what they always appeal to. Like that's a waste of your time. You could be doing this. You could be doing this. You could be doing this. They, they like, you could be free, right? It's this, this, this appeal to your flesh. And then again, young, young people that are not even really in the faith yet, but are still getting early in their walk, their flesh is pulling on them because that's what that early part of our walk is. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what happens is they, they, they hear these people that they feel like, well, they, they were there already. They did what I'm going to do. Um, and they got to the end of the journey and said, no. So you know what, if they did, then maybe it's a waste of my time in the first place. It's just like, if someone yeah. was to meet you, if, if there's a path, let's just say it's a narrow path shall we, for this example? And let's say that you're about to start this narrow path and there's a guy at the front of the path saying, hey, hey no, 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 I walked it already, went all the way to the end. It's yeah. just a pile of dog crap at the end. Don't go down there. There's no evidence that he's walked this path. <coughs> you met him at the front of the path because he's left, all right? He's not there on it. He's not, it's not like you walked the path and met him at the end. You meet him at the entrance of the path. And then because you have this, this you already don't want to do it. You already are like, man, you know, your entire morning was, man, we got to go hiking this morning. <sighs> all right. All right. You know, you're trying to get the energy up. All right. This path's going to be long. It's going to be, you know, there's endurance involved and persecution and struggle. And then you meet that person and they give you everything you already wanted. They tell you what you already wanted. So did you leave it because you don't believe or were you hoping to find something That's that it. would keep you from stepping off onto that path? Well, and there's right. lots of people standing at the entrance of that narrow path trying to tell you don't take a step onto it. Yeah, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, we 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 see this, we see this all the time by by the way they speak. Exactly what you said. They regurgitate the same thing. Like um and we see the same with Christians too. Like Christians will say God will never give you more than he can than you can handle. Uh, cliche Christians are just to blame for all of this. Like I'm yeah. going to be 100% honest with you on this. 100. The, the, the cliche Christians who can't even articulate the gospel when you run into them. This opens up a whole nother door, JB, of how many yeah. people are coming to faith, not for the gospel, because they, they were told, you know, God is going to be, they, they came to God for this life. They came to yeah. God for this life, not for their eternity, exactly. but for their present life. And, and they want all these things today. And God, like you said, God will never give you this. And if he doesn't think you can handle it. And if the door shuts, because God shut the door, no one ever says, hey, if that door shut, maybe God slammed that door in your face because you needed to be punished. Maybe exactly. maybe your sins got that door shut. Right. They, yeah. they came to God for the false reasons and not the gospel. So they're not even <laughs> it, it, it's it's really a long, long uh, list of things that lead to where we're at today. And a big one is people that never came to, to God for the gospel. They came to him because he's a get out of hell free card and, 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 and he's a magic genie and he grants yeah. you all your wishes. And if you just believe exactly. in him, miracles will happen in your life. You need it, man. Yeah. You get the people like that chick, um, 
I think her name's like Ajay, Ajani Rain or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I recently saw a video of her that said, if you don't have signs and wonders in your life, you're not a born again believer. Like what? Yeah. And there's taking people out there that the, believe this. The text. Yeah. So what do they do? Taking the text out of context. Yeah. Nobody wants to say they're going to hell, right? So people start finding signs and wonders, right? Because they believe what this person says. So then they start... They manifest it, right? I'm going to manifest this. I'm going to find it. And this is why yeah. tongues is so popular because nobody can prove you wrong. You you convince yourself you're, pre, you're speaking in tongues. Yeah. You know, I'm saved. Yeah. And it's like this, this yeah. I'm holding on to this because I don't have a firm foundation to hold on to. And, and I just want to throw it out there. There's been several things that JD and I have said that are setting up First Corinthians three so well. <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're, First Corinthians Shubadaba, one three. That's what you get when you, uh, if you know, I mean, again, like you had that slide, and I mean, we still need to put that slide up at some point because you like you had like five things, and you're like, which one is not found in the Bible? And then I'm like, but none of them are found in the Bible. And you're like, yeah, snap. That's kind of the point. I mean, we've all heard Christians say money is the root of all evil. God only gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Godliness uh, you know, is next to cleanliness or cleanliness is next to godliness. All these little cliche statements that your grandmama said, ain't none of them in the Bible. Not a single one. This too shall pass. Oh, you quoting Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Exactly. This is this this is this is what happens. So ultimately, I mean, this like you say, First Corinthians is gonna is gonna Paul addresses this, um, you know, uh, hard in First Corinthians, and he goes even harder in the Second Corinthians. But I mean, this is this is what we see um, on this app, on on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram. You know, people will will be blasting these videos. Day and night. Um, money is not the root of all evil. We know that. I have this miracle bottle of water. If you stare at yeah. this bottle, you will get your back pain taken away. You will have money appear in your bank account. Hold on. Yeah, I'm blowing the Holy Spirit on y'all. <laughs> Bro be blowing. And then occasionally when they blow it on the camera, they hit one of these faces. That's their breath bouncing off the camera. That ain't the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Microphones thinking <laughs> kill me with this man. And they'd be like, Well, 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 when the lady touched Jesus's robe, it saved her and, 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 and Paul's robe. It wasn't the robe, it was the faith. What did Jesus say? Your faith has healed you. Faith, man, man, yes, yeah, oh, a miracle oh, cloth. I've got anointed Bibles. I've got anointed Bibles for $900 each. If you buy this anointed Bible, you will understand the word of God better than you ever have. The words of the page will jump up and smack you in your forehead. This is, this is, this is, this is what we see, man. Like, Amen. Let me open up the Bible. Let's dive into the word of God. Oh, I forgot it, to say this earlier, but for those watching and that will be watching later, and I'm going to say this a few more times in the next week, I'm also going to post a video about it. Um, but anybody in the DFW area on uh, G June 23rd or 24th, I think it's 23rd, whatever next Friday is, uh, there is a pride event in Dallas. Now, it's not a pride parade that already happened, but this event is at like a center area where they're not parading around. It's one location. And Justin and myself will be there. Um, we're not going there to, to preach the gospel with the microphones. We're going there to walk in there and interact. 
We are bringing the gospel, though. Okay, whoa, let me say that very clearly. But where this is is private property, so we understand that we can't go in there, set up a, a microphone, and start preaching yeah. because you can't do that. Now it is open for public, so we are perfectly and legally allowed to walk in there and speak. All right, we can speak and we can talk to people. And and hey, yeah. Jesus loves you. Amen. Jesus loves people. We'd love to talk to you. They can't throw us out. I mean, they might try to, and if they do, whatever. If they do, then we will sit outside of it and preach the gospel. Um, but we would love to invite people because people have been seeing us, you know, in our videos, preaching in the go preaching the gospel in the streets, saying we love to get involved. We love to be there with you. I think the more people, the better. But this is the thing that we're doing in love. We will go there and stand firmly on the on the word of God, stand firmly on truth. Um, I will have a big shirt on that says true Christian. So they'll know exactly what I'm there representing. Um, yeah, but we're not going there to condemn. We're not going there to be hateful. We're not going there to, you know, you wicked this, this and that. We're going to go there and say, no, you, you need the gospel. You need Jesus. the gospel. Yes, we would definitely be going live. Not just see and make this clear. We're not going live so that we can get views and likes. We will be going live because that's recording it and others will be watching just in case, because this is mm -hmm. definitely the kind of situation where, um, you know, someone could definitely try to do something legally. Um, you know, like you got to leave here now and, and, you know, whatever could happen. Uh, so we will 100% be live. So that means this is the first announcement. Again, I will, uh, you know, share uh, further, uh, you know, announcements about that uh, for people in the DFW area because we've been getting a lot of people contacting us, especially after last, uh, le the last time we went out, uh, that night preach we had where things got a little crazy and they took away my microphone. So I start screaming. Um, but uh, yeah, we 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 are inviting anyone that would like to come join us on that. So let's go ahead and turn to the word of God now, shall we? Amen. Get myself a little comfortable in this chair. And welcome to everybody that's just joined. If you've just popped on, please like and subscribe. Glad to have you here. See a couple of comments. Good to see all all your faces again. I saw proper pickles. I'm just going to say this before we dive into the word. Proper pickles said, "I'm I'm really fat." And I just want to say to you, brother, you're not really fat. That's called hibernation leather, bro. Hibernation leather, and you need that. You need that for the for the long for the long haul, bro. So don't be beating yourself. I have, up. I have mixed emotions because his name has pickles in it. So <laughs> I don't know how I feel about him, but he's always here. So I love him for that fact. Um, <laughs> All right. All right. So I want to start with the greeting because we oftentimes don't read the greeting when we're just quoting scripture at each other. But lately, I've been really wanting to get this greeting out there because, as I said recently, there's a lot of Christians, especially on social media and TikTok, that immediately open up with attacking each other and then they blame it as, oh, I'm rebuking them out of love. But Paul never started his letters off with a rebuke. He started his letters off with love because it wasn't about putting people in their place and rebuking them. It was about loving them and giving them guidance. So if you look at the beginning of every single, every single epistle, Paul opens it with love and peace and grace in the name of God, our father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. He Amen. never just starts off like you fools in Ephesus. How dare you abandon the gospel? He waits till verse six to say that. But the beginning is, I love you. I've been praying for you. I'm proud of you. You know, these different statements that he says to people. And this is something that you need to understand when you see these people that refuse to start that way. And I get it all the time in my live streams. Someone to just come in and immediately start questioning in a way that you could tell they're kind of like trying to put you on an inspection. 
Like, what do you believe? What do you do this? And they're, they're a Christian that's come to uh, examine you. And it's like, bro, you didn't even come in here and say, like, peace and love. You didn't even come in here and have a relationship with me. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Right? Um, so Paul opens his letter saying, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So imagine any letter you get from Paul. That's how it's starting. Like it's starting like yeah. that. That's love right there. Because he's about yeah. to go into some stuff. He's about to dive deep and he's about to call them of the flesh. He's about to basically tell them that they're not even mature in the faith. Like he's not about to be soft with them. However, however, he starts his letters with love. He starts his letters with grace. And that is what we need to not forget. People jump straight to like, well, Paul rebuked here and Paul did this and Paul did that. They always pull out what they need to defend their actions. Well, Jesus flipped tables like, OK, so you're throwing away all four Gospels and holding on to one part, one tiny part. The one time Jesus flipped tables, that's where you're you're just clinging on to that. You, you know, you're not about to talk about all the other things Jesus did. Well, well yeah. Jesus flipped tables. Yes. Yes, he did. You're right. What else did he do? I've seen yeah. that, especially with the whole, you know, recency of that certain TikToker whom will will remain nameless because I don't want to give him publicity. Who's been going into churches left and right and 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 doing this stuff uh, where he's rebuking all these churches because they're all wrong. It's like, yeah, that's not what Jesus was doing. That's first of all, if you don't think that church is the temple of God, then that really wouldn't be an offense. So unless you think that there those churches are actually temples of God. There's no offense there. If, if they're preaching false, that's not a temple of God, right? Like Jesus went to an actual place that was the temple of God, right? And, and the veil was not broken yet. So what does that mean? That means God resides in the temple. So while Jesus was on earth, he, his father, his father's spirit was still residing in the holy of holies, right? So there's certain levels, levels of respect that that place required. Um, Amen. But let's dive into it. Let's dive into it. Verse 10. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. I think we could stop right there for a moment because I think some people misunderstand this. JD, I I think people see this and they think that. Paul is speaking about all, all secondary issues, right? So you'll see a lot of Christians today that are divided upon secondary issues. Like, well, look, Paul says we got to be united on them. What if it's the opposite? What if it's we've created these secondary issues that they weren't concerned with at that time? What were they concerned with? Yeah. That Jesus died for their sins, that he is Lord of Lord, and that it is he who saves and he who saves alone. And that's what we must be united on. 
which we would be united on if not for the secondary issues. If you go across the board, the majority of Christians are in agreement on what matters, right? But then we start adding things saying, well, this matters too, and this matters too, and this matters too. If we would stop letting our wisdom, our own self-proclaimed wisdom and pride uh, take the front role on that, we could be, we could be yeah. united as Paul speaks here. Exactly. I mean, it's also very important to remember that, that, that there were no denominations. The early, you know, first, first century Christians didn't go, well, I am, I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Calvinist. I'm a you know Reformed Baptist. We didn't see any of these things. This these things only happened later. I mean, and we we see we see what Paul's talking about here, being united in one mind of the same judgment when it comes to the gospel message. When it comes to the gospel message, Jesus Christ, there is but one Christ. There is but one Lord and Savior. There is but one God. And on this. On this front, we need to be united in the same judgment and for the same cause. Amen. So this is why the goal here at the True Christian Ministry is that we put aside these secondary issues and we be united. And I'm not sitting here trying to act like we're doing anything different. There are other, many other Christian groups that are doing this, right? We're not special. Uh, I believe that brothers and sisters are waking up. And, and because we're also recognizing how little we are. Um, how how this the body of Christ is not as large as the polls would tell you because the polls go off of are you a Christian? Yes, like that's my verbal declaration. I tell you now, what did Jesus say? Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, right? So this self proclamation means nothing. It means nothing. Yeah. There are many. Matter of fact, I, last time I looked at the census in the United States, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on, this is actually funny. Like 65 or 70% of this country is Christian. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a yeah. bold-faced lie. That's just, yeah. Are you telling me uh, over 150 million human beings in this country are Christian? Where? Where? They hiding? Under trees? What's happening? I don't know where. I don't know what they talk about. Uh, yeah. But now, proclaim to be Straight Christian. Up. But this is those people that that that... You know, my mom's a Christian, so I'm a Christian, right? You know, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. Go to church. No, I don't go to church. Um, you know, uh, I don't do this, this, and that. Um, but no, no, no. I mean, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I, I mean, I believe in Jesus, right? Um, so we need to put aside our differences and focus on we believe in the one true God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who came in the flesh, died for mankind, and rose on the third day. Yeah. So Paul goes on to say. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul yeah. crucified for you? Or were mm. you baptized in the name of Paul? I, mm. I want to stop there, even though it, it keeps going. But I want to stop there because listen what's happening even then. What do you think? Mm. Like, I know Paul's not diving into detail on this because he doesn't have to. The Corinthians understand this. But for us, what do you think that this means? Obviously, Paul, Apollos, and Cephas all preach the same gospel. Some might not want to agree to that outside of this live stream. I understand that. But the majority of us understand that. So why would individuals be following these individual men? Because every man's faith looks a little different. And I'm sure 
Apollos' faith looked a little different than Paul. And maybe the way that Apollos preached was a little different than Paul. And the way that Cephas preached was a little different than uh, Apollos. And, and we as humans naturally like to cling to people that we consider leaders. We like what they're teaching. We we cling to them. Just like some of you <coughs> are JB or cling to myself. You enjoy our style. You enjoy what we yeah. teach. But there's that level of you enjoying what they teach and you attaching yourself to them like I follow them. No, you don't follow them because it is Christ who died for you. And we see this today. People that treat it like, no, Paul's the only person we listen to, right? We we see this today and it's like Paul's rebuking this right here. And and we see it in the smaller levels too where these certain, you know, uh, influential people pop up and and they, they create a cult following. Funny that we were just talking about a certain somebody that y'all are still commenting on, but he's doing this right now. He's he's really sadly looking a lot like David Koresh looked, where it's like, I have the truth. You need to listen to me because everybody else is lost. Everybody else is lost. And that causes division. That's how you have all these denominations, because one person yeah. says they're all wrong. I've got the answers instead of yeah. saying you know what, we're just going to be over here and we're going to stay away from your arguments. It's I'm right, you're wrong. And then we see divisions start happening because I have no problem saying, you know what, y'all argue over there. We we finna worship over here. That's not yeah. divisive. That's avoidance. I'm avoiding the arguing. But when you step up and say, you're all wrong, I'm right. Come over here if you want the truth. I'm adding to the division. I'm just adding an extra layer of division. And then you get another denomination, another denomination, another denomination, or whatever it may be, another church, another church, another church. And the same thing can happen here. Like, no, no, no. I follow what Apollos taught me, bro. Nah, man, Paul said this. And and even though they all preach the same, there's confusion. And this is why Peter has to tell us later on. Like, there are people that confuse what Peter, Paul says. Peter warns people. Like, that's our brother, Paul. And some people are taking his words and twisting it because they latch people. Humans latch on to what they want to hear rather than what's being said. And they start following man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what I, what, 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 what I love so much about what this, this applies in so many, 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 many ways. I know Paul is speaking specifically about baptism here, but, but again, he what he's what he's doing is he's pointing to the fact that that once we start getting attached to a person, a specific person, we start looking up to the person, missing who that person represents. We all represent Christ Jesus. We all represent Christ. And if there's something said that that you disagree with, there is a way that we can address it. There's a way that we can speak to one another and iron out the wrinkles. But again. It's, it's, it's everybody's got their wall. Everybody's got a different style, you know, and, and good Christian brothers and sisters on, on, on TikTok who, who we've got a brother in Christ who, who sits and debates Muslims all day. We've got another brother in Christ who sits and debates atheists all day. Ultimately, there is edification for the Christian because they're seeing what the atheist's argument is, where there are people like Mike who will address many 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 comments and many different videos um i go live i simply choose a passage and i preach on that passage so everybody's got their own style but ultimately we are all of christ so we are not different in the sense that i've got a different jesus than mike does no we serve the same god and therefore we are unified for the same cause amen that's it paul goes on to say um 
Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And I want to really focus on a few things he said here. Um, one of the things that's not really the main part of what we're talking about, but just because I do know there's some, some confusion, people sometimes take this as if Paul is saying that, you know, the gospel I preach doesn't involve baptism. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying I was not sent to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Well, what does that mean? He says it right up the top. I don't, if I would have baptized someone, this, this might carry more weight behind it for someone to get attached to like, look, I got baptized by Paul, Lee Paul, you know, Paul, just like Paul also denies himself the right of taking money because later in Corinthians, he says that, you know, the, a person who uh, preaches the gospel should make a living off the gospel, but I withhold this right from myself, lest anyone use it against me to say that yeah. I have something to boast about, right? Paul understood that he would have eyes on him. Why? Because God made it very clear to him what he's going to be used for. You don't think Paul knew what how how important he was going to play a role in the church? God knew from day one what Paul's uh, path was. He even tells Ananias when he's like, well, you, no, go, go get Paul because I've got many things that he's going to suffer and, and I'm going to use him, right? So Paul was glad that he didn't baptize many. He did baptize some. Why? Because in those situations, he was present and these people wanted to be baptized. So he did it. He's just saying that I didn't go out to do baptisms because then it becomes people are following everything because people already were doing it. I follow Paul. Well, heck, if Paul baptized you and Paul preached to you, how heavily would it have been? I follow Paul. Like Paul's the one I got baptized by. I mean, we see it even today. People will be like, oh, you guys, you guys follow Paul. I don't know if you guys have never heard this. But if you haven't, you will. Somebody that's a Muslim, a Torah observer, or sometimes, sometimes Christians say this. I don't, I don't get it. It's like you do know the scriptures are all breathed by God and 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 profitable for reproof and teaching, right? But I've heard Christians say it where you quote Paul and they're like, well, that's Paul's words. That's not Jesus's words. Oh, you yeah. follow Paul over Jesus. And it's like, wait, what? Wait a minute. You what? Like, I get it if a Muslim says it or an atheist says it, right? Because it's it's ignorance. When a Christian says it, it blows my mind. Like, well, we're not we're not looking at the Bible the same way, sir. Yeah. Um, but Paul has a certain weight to him. So he's saying that he's glad he did not baptize. But uh, and not with the very last slide is one of my favorites and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And he's going to expound on this. In um, chapter two, which is coming up shortly. But listen what he's saying. It's it's not about how wise and how eloquent he's able to preach the gospel. It's the power of the cross. And you don't want to take from that. So that should tell you something. When you try to use your wisdom to convert someone like, oh, man, you just don't understand. Let me explain it to you in a way that will help you understand it. You're depraving the cross of its power because the cross has the power to save a soul. Um, you can't save a soul. You you can't do exactly. that, no matter how well. That's what to talk about that too. Every time, I mean, and that that's that's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. We had someone ask me the other day again, what's what's the what's your favorite verse? I have many, but this is one of my favorite verses, and I I, I love how the the KJV says it as well. Unless the cross of Christ be made of no effect, so so 
this is ultimately what we see. The gospel and the simplicity of the gospel is what saves people. If you've planted the seed of the gospel, like Mark said, he's going out, you know, to this event and he's going to talk. He's going to speak. He's not going to preach, but he's going to speak. And ultimately, this is all we need to do. You, you speak the gospel. The power of it lies with God. God has all the power, as is confirmed in Romans 1.16 as well. Yeah, it, it's this is kind of why I got upset recently with that Christian sniper girl, right? Because there's people that are trying to change the way the gospel has been preached for thousands of years because they think they know better. Well, like, no, we don't have to go tell them about sin and tell them about, you know, Christ dying for them. Instead, just go tell them Jesus loves them because that's what they'll accept. That's what they'll they'll reach. And what you're doing is you're saying, look, I know for 2000 years. This is how the gospel has been preached and people have been saved because of it, but it doesn't work nowadays. Don't worry, God. I got this though. I'm going to go ahead and add a little twist to it and I'm going to make your gospel work now by adding my flavor to it. And, and when people do that, they think they're doing good. No, well, you got to understand the LGBT, they don't appreciate when you go there and tell them that they're sinners. They don't appreciate you telling them that, you know, that they have to leave that lifestyle behind. You have to, you have to, wait, no, stop. You're trying to take away what the gospel is and trying to do your own thing and you're not bringing them the gospel. If you change the gospel, you're not bringing them the gospel. And that's why I made my video the other day saying the gospel is not Jesus loves you. That's not the gospel. It's not. Jesus loves Absolutely you. Okay. Not. Cool. Why is he but also you? just that's the, the problem with the the problem with the Jesus loves you gospel is is that people don't feel the need to look inwardly. Um, you know, if you love me, cool. That's fine. I love you too. Uh, it's tell me Jesus loves me real quick. Let me tell you what happens when you say this to someone, what's happening in their mind, ready? Mark, Jesus loves you, bro. I love me too. That's pretty cool. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Jesus I mean, loves it's... me. I love me so much. Yes. Wow. Me and Jesus have a lot of things in common. Jesus wants the best for you. Me too. Man, I do exactly. like this Jesus guy. Exactly. I mean, and this is this is ultimately when 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 we see when we see the Jesus loves you gospel, we like, but why? What what does Jesus love? What does Jesus love about you? Like there is, there is, again, we've, we've touched on this before in other, in other podcasts, but there are different types of love, um, in the Bible, number one. And most people preaching Jesus loves me, aren't even teaching the people what love is. Yeah, exactly. So, so if, if my idea, if my worldview of love is corrupted, telling someone that Jesus loves them according to their worldview or their concept of love, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't carry any weight. It doesn't carry any weight whatsoever. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Paul's going to dive deeper into all this, right? Cause we're going to run into people trying to be wise and et cetera, et cetera. My, this next verse is probably one that I've quoted since I got on TikTok. I find myself quote, quoting this many more times. Yeah. Excuse me for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Now, depending on your translation, it might say foolish here, but think about that for a second. The cross is foolish to those perishing. Foolish. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's stupid. Like, I don't know if you know this, but foolish is stupid, right? The, yeah. the cross is stupid to them. 
well, why is it? I remember one time I said the the, the cross is foolish um, when someone asked why they don't believe it. And they were like, oh, my gosh, did you just say the cross is foolish? I'm like, yeah, I'm quoting the Bible. I'm like, I'm sorry that you didn't know that, but like, I'm not insulting the cross, but it, it is. And Paul's going to explain why in a moment. So I'm not going to take from Paul too much. Yeah. I'll let Paul explain that. But to those people that think they're so wise and they know so much and they they know it all. Like, I, I love it. I say it all the time. I love it when atheists tell me about how, what God should do, how God should act, what God can do. Because they always tell you, like, oh, no, first of all, <laughs> God wouldn't have to come into the world and sacrifice himself <laughs> to save us. He would just be able to forgive us, you know? And it's like, yeah, it sounds like you're telling me what God should do, could do, and would do, even though you deny his existence. Yeah. But um, I'll let Paul that's explain. Yeah, that's the best. People, atheists will always tell you what God should do. And 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 when they finally get up there, they're going to give him a piece of their mind. So guess what? No, you're not, number one. Number two, you're going to fall flat in your face with your guilt and shame covering you like a blanket that weighs a ton. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, that, that stomach drop's got to be the worst one ever to stand before God after cursing him your whole life. Yo. I, don't, I can't even imagine like, yeah, I, 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 I messed up. <laughs> I, messed, I messed up for it is written. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will thwart. So this is real quickly. Cited from Isaiah 29, 14. And also it has a couple other citations in here as well. But listen what God's saying in this old passage. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, right? Oh, you think you're wise. I'm going to show you how dumb you are. And, and it says it here next. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we yeah. preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But let, let yeah. me stop there real quick. So Jews seek signs and the, and the cross is a stumbling block for that. Why? Because they expected a king to show up, a, a, mm. a mighty king who will come and conquer and destroy and give them power because they always craved earthly power. They were God's chosen people. The creator of heaven and earth was like, you are mine. I love you. And they were like, but, but God, can we have a king? We really want a king because, you know, the other nations have kings. Can we have a king? God's like, um. You got, you got me. Well, we just want a king like them, Lord. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. I'll give you what you want. It's going to suck, but go ahead, right? They never were satisfied with being his chosen people. They wanted power like all human beings. So here they yeah. go again. They want the Messiah to show up, and, and they're waiting for these great signs. So what does he do? He comes and he dies on a cross. Yeah. God shows all him his power by saying, oh, you want power? I'm going to come with weakness, and I'm going to stunt on you. Then it says Greeks, however, they seek wisdom because the Greek, if you're not familiar with this, 
Greeks are the beginning of Western civilization, right? And Western civilization is all about philosophy and logic and pathos, ethos, all these different things and, and debate and, and understanding how everything works, right? This is the difference between Eastern and Western uh, beliefs. That's why Eastern beliefs are more mythic, uh, uh, mystic and, and mystery. And, 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 you know, it's like, we, it's okay that we don't know how this works. We just believe that it does work. And the Western society is like, no, 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 we need to understand exactly how this works. We have to have guidelines on how we're going to go about this. We got to decide yeah. we're going to debate it. Right. So they seek wisdom. So to them, the cross is foolish. Cause it's like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. Wait, no, no, no. No, 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 no. This doesn't make sense. Why would God have to do this if he's so powerful? And we hear this today. We hear today. this today still. Exactly. Today it's today it's worse. Today is far worse because now we've got we've got people that have written books about how to live your best life now. And it's even worse when it's a Christian pastor or a supposed Christian pastor who's telling you how to live your best life now. And he's implementing a worldview that is contrary to God's view. And they implement it as wisdom that you can use in your Christian walk with God again. What we see, the Greeks, the Gentiles, to this day, are seeking to implement philosophical wisdom and things from outside of God's perspective with the Bible and make them gel together and work together. We're forever trying to mix oil and water. The two don't mix. The two will never mix. Amen. That's the bottom line. He follows it up saying, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God for the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. That's, that's, that's another one. Talk about favorite verses. Yeah, Even amen. when God does the most foolish of foolish things, it is wiser than anything man could do. And when God is shows, tries to be as weak as possible for, to be humble to us, it is stronger than any man could ever be. It, it, amen. It, it, it's basically stunting on you saying like, okay, I'm going to show you how weak and little you are. And that's why people don't Where realize you they, think, they think it's an insult. Like, oh, your God died on the cross. Like finish the story. No, no, no. Finish it. Cause they always stop there. Whenever it's an insult, they stop there. No, no, no. F- finish it. If you're going to say it, then let's, let's at least get to the end of the paragraph. What happened? Amen. He stood back up. Like you good. You, you got your rocks off. You feel good about yourself now. All right, I'm finna go sit with my father in heaven. I'll be back with a bunch of angels. You ain't gonna like it. Like, and he yeah. told him on the he told him on the stage when Pilate was talking to him. He's like, "Bro, I put myself here. Y'all ain't put me here. Go read it." Like, I don't. People don't realize Jesus John did not 17. defend himself. Jesus might not have defended himself, but he definitely made it very clear that he was boss, even in that moment. Like, yeah, I put myself here. You ain't do it. Like all day long, just want to let you know that if I wanted to, you would not have touched me. You would not have even laid a finger. Even when they came to arrest him, he turned around and said, I am. And they fell down. They couldn't yeah. even stand in his if he didn't want him to. Amen. I mean, there's just so much power in that name. So much power in that name. So, so I mean, we again, like John 17, guys, like Mark just said, go check it out. Like Jesus is standing in front of Pontius Pilate and he's like sarcastically looking at Christ. Like, what is the truth? What is the truth? And Jesus Christ is calm and as cool as a cucumber says, I came to testify 
to the truth and those who are of the truth will know me and this is this is what we see this is what we see today you can spot a true christian up here or <laughs> you can spot a true christian in a crowd any day of the week but those who are false will also easily identify themselves when they try and come with cool philosophical wise moves and clever deceits to try and tell you why you are not reading the bible the right way when the words are very plain that a child can understand the word of god amen and and, and it's important to understand that this is why we're not saved also by how smart you are. You did not figure out the gospel because of your intelligence. You weren't smarter than the next person. There's going to be a lot of people that are more intelligent than you that will go to hell. You, yeah. did not, you did not get saved because I figured something out. And Paul kind of goes into this right here. He says, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were Amen. powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. God Amen. chose. God chose. There's some emphasis there. Amen. You didn't choose him because of how smart you were. You didn't figure out the gospel because you heard it and your atheist friend didn't. And I don't think people realize this because that would give you a reason to boast. You'd be able to look at him and be like, oh, you're so dumb. Like, <laughs> I figured it out. You didn't. No. Yeah. At, at, at the end of the day, there's 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 sovereign actions happening in the background. This is where people get really offended because, again, we talk about it all the time. People don't like to address that topic. They think if you do, then you you must be in some other fold that they don't like. Uh, they start calling you things like Calvinist and whatnot. I, I do not agree with what Calvinists believe, but I do not reject the sovereignty of God that is clearly in the scriptures. And I don't know how it works. I don't. I can't I can't tell you how God works, but I can tell but, you that he works. But that's also like that, like like atheists seem that, you know, they take that like that's the gotcha moment for a Christian. And I just want to encourage all my brothers and sisters in Christ. There is no shame in 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 the mysteries of God. In being a Christian saying, I don't understand everything God's doing. Like with those questions we receive, like, why is there evil? Why do babies get cancer? We, we get these questions. And at the end of the day, we know ultimately that the fallen world, we know how God works in the greatest scheme of things, but we don't understand the fullness of God and wh why he moves and why he does things the way he does things. And there is no shame in saying there are mysteries within God that we don't fully understand. Um, and no one will ever fully understand them until we are in the presence of God, which Paul gets into later on in this chapter, funny enough. It's like, yeah, buddy. Amen. And he says, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. 
Your righteousness comes from Jesus. Your sanctification comes from Jesus. Your redemption comes from Jesus. Your wisdom comes from Jesus. So this whole idea, it kind of, I mean, this kind of uh, uh, explains um, eternal security right here. Oh, oh, sanctification. You can mess that up. I don't know, man. Scripture tells me that he's in charge of sanctification. In Hebrews 10, it also says that by one sacrifice, he is perfecting for all time those being sanctified. He who began that mighty work in you will bring it to completion. And right here it says, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. I do nothing to be righteous. I do nothing to be sanctified. I do nothing for redemption. I do nothing to be wise. It is all him. So let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So we don't boast in ourselves. And yet I don't, I still don't get how some people don't understand this. You get these people that say, well, you've got to persevere. You've got to get through these things. You have to get through, overcome. You have to do this. You have to do this. You have to do this. That's boast worthy because you would be able to say, I did this. I did this. I did this. And, and that's the thing. You can't. You did not do this. None of us who will be saved were saved because of the things that we did. And, and people will say those words I just said, that last part, but then go back and, and contradict it all with what they say you must do to be saved. They'll say, yeah, yeah, no one can no one can save themselves. And we are saved by grace through faith so that no man may boast. But you got to make sure you stay saved and you got to make sure that you endure and that you got to make sure this, this and that. Like what? Stop. You just yeah. you're contradicting yourself. Pick one. You can't have both. Man. The Holy Spirit does all of that. God sanctifies us. God walks with us. I mean, how many how many passages do we see this? He who began a good work in you. Hebrews, he is the author. He is the founder. He is the perfecter of our faith. As, as we see in, in the comments as well. Pastor Kenny, where would faith come in? It's, 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 this is where we have faith in Christ to do what he said he's going to do. Again and exactly. again. And if you try to put if you try to put yourself involved in your own salvation, then you're putting faith in yourself because faith is trust. So are you trusting yourself to save yourself or are you trusting Jesus to save you? And, and that's the thing. What are we? Are, we have one responsibility to make sure we are of the faith. And we see that constantly in Scripture that they believed that they had faith that they don't believe in vain, that they don't have, uh, you know, that their faith is not vain. Like that, that's the main goal that we have. Our job is to have faith and make sure that we have faith. Like that's the goal. That's it. That, that's it. Amen. Make sure that you are of the faith because if you are, then he is in you working. The problem is there are some people who don't really have faith. He's not really in them working and they're just trying to earn their way. They're trying to, they don't actually have the Holy Spirit working in them. So they're trying to convince everybody, no, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this because they don't feel confident in their salvation because he's not in them. But that's the thing. You need him in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15. That means if you don't have him, you can do nothing. If you have him, you can do everything. It's the two options. You don't have him and then still need to do. And if you don't have him, there's nothing you can do. The do part is either he does it or you can't do it. Yeah. That's Straight for sure. Up. Either he does it or you can't do it. Clip it, yeah. move forward. Chapter two, <laughs> verse one. This is again favorite verses, right? This is one you have. If you have been in my live streams, you have heard me quote this. And yeah. I, when I came to you, brothers, 
did not come proclaiming to you testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. <laughs> little fun side note, because y'all know I still like to occasionally um, um, make a little passive uh, jab at certain doctrines that have tried to attack me and then disappeared in the wind. Um, here's an example of Paul saying I, he preached Christ crucified. Notice he doesn't say resurrection. Not saying that the resurrection is not part of the gospel, but you know, some people will act like Paul always preached, you know, death, burial, resurrection, death, burial, resurrection. Um, what does Paul say right here? All I knew is only thing, I mean, I for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What is Paul saying here very clearly? He didn't come there to try and uh, 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 convince you who Jesus is and convince you of these things with lofty words, because then you would be a believer in Paul's words, not in the power of God. Because you'd be like, well, man, Paul had a great argument. Paul really, yeah. really laid it out there. He wanted Absolutely. that you put your trust in Jesus. JD, you walked away for a second, so I don't know if you heard me say this, but it says, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. crucified. Notice Paul Amen. here isn't talking about the resurrection. Again, not saying that that's not major, but for anybody that thinks that the gospel has to always say the exact same phrase, death, burial, resurrection. Well, Paul here is uh, is breaking his own rules, I guess, because he said, I decided to know nothing but Christ crucified. Uh, but yeah. I digress. I digress. <laughs> but I mean, this is this is a gain. This is a gain. I'm glad you brought hey, that take up. Take over man. for me, J.D., real quick while I go. Um, I, I was just go, getting uh, some water, guys. So, uh, again, what Paul is saying here. I decided to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. We we see a we see many parts where Paul says things differently. Romans 10, 9 and 10. We see Paul break down the fullness of the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15. He gives us a full gospel summary and a breakdown of what the death, burial, and resurrection means to the Christian today and why it is so essential that we believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he did die for all of our sins, past, present, and future. As we see in 1 John, Jesus Christ became the propitiation for sin. This is this is the biggest thing people miss. To become the propitiation for something is, is paying it forward. And Jesus Christ paid forward. So before you were even born, and this is what a lot of people miss, before you were even born, God already knew the sins you would fall into. God already knew the sins you would commit tomorrow, today. So ultimately, he paid for the sins you were going to commit before you were even born so that in the day you believe the gospel, as we see in Ephesians 1, on the day you believe the gospel, on the day you heard it and you believed it, you received it with not with just head knowledge, but you received the gospel, you believed the gospel wholeheartedly, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise on that day you were sealed. And this is this is why Paul can go on in Ephesians 2 and say, we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, 
lest any man should boast. So we see him talk about boasting in Corinthians, in Romans. We and, and when we boast, we boast in the goodness of Christ Jesus. We boast in what Jesus has done, what Jesus has completed, and that's the message. We keep punting that message. Amen. Amen. I don't know what you were saying, but I trust it. I trust it. <laughs> so he says, um, and I was with you in, in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then he talks though, but don't get me wrong now. Paul's going to make it clear yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, right? So this isn't saying there is no wisdom because remember what he said in the ch in the chapter prior that we do have wisdom and that wisdom is in Christ Jesus. He's given us wisdom. It's all from him 100%, but that is for the mature, right? And, and this is why you hear me say it often on my live streams. People like, they want to talk about eschatology. They want to talk about deep subjects. And sometimes I accidentally slip up because I do love those topics. I do. I, even though I don't talk about them, doesn't mean I don't love them, but I understand that the people on these live streams are not, I don't know the level of knowledge that you're at. I don't know where you're at in your walk and these things can be too yeah. much for you. And honestly, some of these things can be irrelevant for you. Cause again, what really matters that you come to the cross, that you come to Jesus and, and you come to him in humility and you get saved by that cross. The mature, the wisdom, the mature wisdom is for edification and the spirit will give it to you as needed. He'll put someone in your life like myself or JD or whoever you have in your life that will give it to you when needed. But we don't have those conversations in the presence of all because it can bring confusion to those young Christians. So Paul is yeah. saying, yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Ah, wait a minute. This is also another go. thing that's incredible. And I told y'all before, go. people say, why did Jesus not, um, you know, why was Jesus not playing about just saying like, I'm God, worship me. They love saying this. Why doesn't Jesus say, I am God, worship me, and command things to fall down from sky? This means they don't understand the gospel. Jesus yeah. did not come to reveal God. Jesus came to save the world. And to save the world was to get on the cross. This is why he even told his disciples, do you not know the Son of Man had to go through these things in order to be Amen. glorified? This was all prophetic, right? Jesus was on a secret mission. Why do you think on the mountain he said, do not tell anyone? He didn't even bring all 12 up. What did he do? He brought John, Peter, and uh, uh, who was it there? James up onto the mountaintop and, and showed them who he truly was. Like this was the most, like if you think the baptism was the most revealing, this was it, the actual most revealing. It was the transfiguration. Like his face shined as white as the sun. His, his clothes changed white and he brought forth Elijah and Moses and his glory was so strong that they weren't even in awe of Moses and Elijah. Their eyes were still set on Christ. Like that's how Amen. it was. And then he Amen. said, tell no one about this until the son of man is lifted up. Jesus could have easily been like, okay, guys, I'm God. Boom. Yeah. Did something, right? He did signs yeah. and all of his signs were for a reason. 
to demonstrate his power to the ones that needed to see it and to fulfill prophecies. As he says mm. in John chapter five, if I bear a testimony upon myself, then it means nothing. But, mm. you know, there's one that testifies before me and you do not hear him. You know, you didn't believe Moses. Right. But if you knew the scriptures, you would know they spoke about me. And yeah, yet, the flip then, side, the yeah, flip side of that is also is also that if if Jesus had gone against and be like, yeah, I've had enough. I've had enough of the suffering. I've had enough of these people squabbling and buck and mocking and bickering. I'm just going to snap my fingers and go against it. He would have gone against his own word. He would have gone against the prophecy of Isaiah 53. He would have gone against the psalmist. He would have gone against Zechariah. He would have gone against Micah. He would have gone against all of these prophets who spoke against him and completely contradicted his word from the beginning. So this is what people also don't understand. God cannot go against himself. He cannot change as we see in Hebrews 13 verse 8. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Very important thing to remember that everything that happened exactly how it was supposed to happen. And Jesus Christ said it. I laid down my life willingly, willingly. Amen. It is against his nature to go against his nature. And this is exactly. also once you understand this, it also explains why he can't just forgive you blindly without a, an atonement because he has a law. And that law, and he is just, and he is righteous. So he can't just be like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to let these sinners go. This is why I tell my Muslims talk about, you know, oh, your God needed to do this, this, and that. I'm like, wait, so you're telling me your God has a perfect law that he doesn't really uphold, and he could just let you come into heaven without an atonement, and at any moment he could change his mind and cast you into hell because there's nothing guaranteeing you to stay in heaven. Like, if, you're, if your God can turn the blind eye to his law to let you into heaven. He can also turn his eye back to the law and send you back to hell a million yeah. years from today in eternity. Allah can be like, you know what? I'm really tired of you humans and send you off to hell because he's not a, a God of, uh, of a nature, a divine <coughs> nature that cannot be, uh, you know, thwarted and cannot be, uh, broken. And, and uh, Paul goes into quoting uh, what what Jesus quotes, right? Uh, well, not exactly what Jesus quotes, but what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Um, it's not exactly what Jesus quoted, but it kind of goes hand in hand with what Jesus quoted. And, and I tell you this all the time. Jesus did not come to be known as God. He came to save the world. And if Satan would have known that Jesus came to save the world on the cross. Satan would not have let Jesus get put on the cross because it was Amen. Satan who put Jesus on the cross. It was Satan who came into Judas. And, and notice also, notice that Jesus doesn't start saying certain things until he leaves the room. If you go back to that gospel, pay attention what Jesus says while Judas is present. And then Satan comes into him and he says, go and do what you must do. And after he leaves, he starts speaking a certain way. Because again, it was not meant for Satan to know. If you think Satan knew he was standing before God when he was testing him in the desert, that you, you're tripping. He did not know he was standing before God. He thought he was standing before, is this the Messiah? Like, right? And, and is the Messiah, is this, you know, Satan didn't know these things. He didn't, he, he knew that this was a man of God that they knew. Because the demons admit that in Mark and in Matthew. And, and, even then, you see Jesus not letting the demons speak in Mark chapter 1 or Mark chapter 2. It says uh, Jesus uh, shut their mouth so that they would not reveal who he was, right? He didn't even want them sh sharing what they could see in him because they saw that he was the Holy One of God, right? They might not have known to the extent, but he didn't even want people to know that. So Jesus is like, mm, zip, nope, you're not allowed to speak. Not allowed to speak. Yeah. He was on a secret mission, whether you— 
I mean, you can, if you want to make it sound cool, let's do it. Jesus was a spy. <laughs> he was sent on a secret mission to die for the world. And no one, no one knew it, not even his own apostles. And they was fooled. And, you know, at yeah. the end, they was like, they, after he said everything he did say to them, even the way he says it, because we read it now. And we're like, oh my gosh, he's saying it right there. He's saying yeah. it right there. You know, destroy the temple. I'll build it up. But after he died, what do we see? The apostles are like, oh my goodness. And you wonder, and here's the crazy thing. If you think, oh man, this is, oh my goodness. It goes hand in hand with what we're talking about right now. Ready? The wisdom of man is foolish to God. If you think exactly. that you can convince a man that, that Jesus is God without the Holy Spirit's help, Peter saw the transfiguration and still doubted. Yeah. Peter saw the transfiguration, saw all the miracles, and he still ran away. He still denied him. And when Jesus was in the grave, he still wept and thought it was all over. So if you yep. think you can convince someone Jesus is God because of your wisdom without the Holy Spirit, you are a fool. You need the Holy Spirit. And this is what Paul's about to get to about planting. You do not give growth. You can't because it is God who gives growth. Spoiler alert, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> but yeah. you feel me? Like if, if Peter and them can see the transfiguration and they still don't realize who he is, you think you quoting the Bible to an atheist is going to be like, oh, you know what, Cam? You know what, Jeremiah? You know what, uh, uh, Jen? You're right. This Jesus guy must yeah. be God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Man. I mean, we, we we even go back to before we came to the Lord, where we'd, we'd create these own arguments for our own selves to try and justify why we're living in the way we are living. To And this is the reality, to, to make it like there isn't a God because it, it, it suits the atheist. It suits the sinner that there is no God because then there is no fearful expectation of judgment. There is no God. There is no judgment. That's what it always comes back to. So ultimately, it's easier to think there is no God than to go, there is a God. I know I'm sitting against him and I know I'm going to stand at the judgment seat and fail. This is this is what it's about. Amen. And Cam hit the nail on the head. That is why we're called to proclaim the gospel, because it's the gospel that has the power. It's not your words. Again, you're just, if you're trying to go somewhere and change things up, like, well, I just want them to accept us because they hate Christians. So I got to go there and, and play cleanup. Yeah. I got to play. I'm a PR guy for God. I'm going to go there and make God's image look a little bit better. You will not do anything. Because the reason they hate you is because of Jesus, not you. So if, if they if they hate you because Jesus in you, nothing you can do will change that hate in their heart towards you. Absolutely they hate you not. because of Jesus in you. So unless you Absolutely. unless you leave Jesus at the coat hanger and you don't bring Jesus with you, they are not going to accept you. Preach the gospel. Let the Holy Spirit reach him. And what did I? What do we just say that it's the Holy Spirit that does it? What's Paul about to say? Verse ten. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now, Praise Jesus. Amen. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given, uh, given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. 
and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Whew. Before we even get I mean, to the next they, one. Like, you, you just got to stop there for a second because this is this is so important to everybody in the chat right now. And this is why you, everybody that comes to my lives and I'll be like, I don't debate atheists. And they're like, this is exactly why. The spiritual mind, the spiritual way that you, Paul makes it so abundantly clear. You can paint a picture. Jesus himself can come down on a cloud and sit next to you while you preach and they will still ignore it because they are not spiritual. They are yet carnal. Their minds cannot discern what the spiritual mind can discern. The carnal mind is an enmity against God. The spiritual mind can understand the scriptures. That's why those who say, I've read the Bible from front to back. Really, really, as we said in the beginning of this, you, you might... Some people, like we've got the Bart Ehrmans out there, who have studied scripture in depth, in depth, but they are not spiritual. They haven't believed the gospel, and therefore the scriptures don't make no sense to them. Amen. The natural per person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Amen. And then it says, uh, 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 the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Ooh, let me go ahead and highlight that for you. If y'all reading your Bibles, go ahead and just highlight that right there. But we have we the mind, have the mind of, Christ. of Christ. Amen. 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 And now chapter three. This is all, this is all, it's all hand in hand here. And this is one of my favorite what chapters to go to because there's so much in here. And, and again. As we always talk about, this isn't like separate of what was just, notice how he starts chapter three as, but I, but means there's something prior to it. This is why, again, it's so important to read these letters in full before you start picking apart what you like of a letter. And because a lot of people, for example, will use first Corinthians three for purgatory. So if you were reading first Corinthians up to this point, would anything that's been talked about lead you to believe that purgatory is about to be spoken of? No, because it's not even the, that's not even close to the context of what we're talking about. Right. Um, so there's context in everything, but I brothers could not address you as spiritual people. This is something really important. I, I highlighted this back when I was studying this because we think that as soon as someone comes to the Lord, they got the Holy Spirit, they're good, leave them be. They, they, you see people like this all the time, like you don't need to guide guide any, you don't need anybody to guide you. If, you've been, if you believe, put your faith in Jesus, you're good. The Holy Spirit's got you. Paul's speaking to believers. The opening of this letter said to the, those called to be saints. And, and he's been talking this whole time to people who believe in Jesus. He's saying, we have spiritual minds. We, we, we. But notice. He's, he's about to address that. Some people that are in the Lord, infants in Christ, can still be of the flesh. Right? But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. Notice here that infants of Christ, the way he's writing this, are the same as people of the flesh. So an infant of Christ or an infant in Christ is still of the flesh. Now, how does this possible, right? Because people want to assume like you get the Holy Spirit and you just this brand new man that can understand all these spiritual things. You're spiritually dead for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I don't know when you came to Christ, but you were spiritually dead for a long period, meaning you were a person of your flesh for a long time. What does spiritually dead mean? 
That means it's all flesh. Every decision, every desire, every passion, every moral compass, it all came from your flesh. Now, is there godly things in your heart? It says that God places his law in people's hearts and whatnot. Yes, but regardless, your flesh is what was in charge. All about your flesh was in charge. And that means yeah. you are, are new to understanding the spirit. And even though you now have his spirit, you're still flesh. Like you're not, your flesh is still with you and you're still carrying it. So a new Christian doesn't suddenly forget, oh, I, I'm the flesh, I've got, I've got the flesh conquered. That's why these Christians act like they don't sin anymore. Oh, you, you conquered the flesh already? Wow, good job. You came to Christ six months ago, had 37,000 demons cast out of you. Your, your testimony, not my words. And, and now you've conquered the flesh? Man, look at you. Look at yeah. you. Wow, that's cool. No, your flesh has power. Paul tells us this all throughout Romans 7. He said, Ooh, when I sin, it is not I who sin, but sin in me, dwelling in my members. So exactly. that my mind serves the law of God, but my flesh serves the law of sin and death. So likewise, new infants of Christ are babies. That's why infants, can an infant just be out here doing, you know, like you just, do you do, when you deliver a baby, you just sit the baby on the ground and say, all right, little fella, good luck. And then walk off. Yeah, no. exactly. They must but that's, how, that's how a lot of people treat it. That's how a lot yeah. of people treat it. But, as long you know. as someone, can, I see the live stream, someone will confess Jesus. Like, all right, have a good day. And they'll, they'll kick him out of the box. And it's like, what, you just... If that person was truly saved right there, you just gave birth because we're the doctor, right? We don't actually create the baby, right? God, God gives the growth. He creates the baby, but he allows us to play doctor. He allows us to nurture the, the, these, the pregnancy of the spiritual birth, and we're there to help when the baby's delivered, right? That's what we're called to do. We, the doctor has no credit in giving life to that child. The doctor did not create the child. The doctor did not keep the child alive, but the doctor helps get the baby out the womb. And we're called to do that as Christians. We preach the exactly. gospel. That's the, when we preach the gospel, that's those prenatal vitamins. And then a baby pops out, a freshly born Christian. He, they're born <coughs> again, born anew. And you get to be there sometimes to deliver that baby. Therefore, it's your job to make sure that that baby gets nurtured. If, you, if it's not by you, you hand them off to someone, a spiritual father, a spiritual mother, someone to disciple them. And yet, yeah. oh, sorry, I had to move my leg. It was starting to get asleep. And yet we have people that will just have someone come to the Lord and they're just like, all right, high five. No, no, no. They don't stop trying to tell them what they need. They're good. The Holy Spirit will guide them. You know what they do? They end up going back and then whatever they hear in the back of their head is their conscious, but they think it's the Holy Spirit. And then they start following that. And next thing you know, they out here preaching in tongues and prophesying and telling people all this crazy stuff. And, and we get cults. Yeah. And Sorry, so a baby cult is born. I mean, this is this is a game. This is when when people say, well, "What should I do?" I'm like, "This we were not designed to do this walk alone." You know, I'm gonna learn from Mark, and Mark's gonna learn from me, and we're gonna learn from Cam, and we're gonna learn from Justin, and so we edify one another. Uh, this is this is what we are called to do as brothers in Christ, as sisters in Christ, is to learn from one another, discuss the scriptures, and grow together. Ultimately, if if we leave, and this is exactly what just to just on the back of what Mark said, if you leave a five-year-old, you say, Here we go, here's the keys to the house. Good luck. Matches in the top drawer. This is how you turn the oven on. That's how you start the car. You're gonna come back to a house burnt down, a car freewheeling down the road. It, it, it doesn't work that way. You don't just give the five-year-old the keys to your house and say, 
Godspeed. That's not how it works. But unfortunately, Christians act like this. They're like, cool, you saved now. Godspeed. All the best in your journey. No, if, if anybody is saved or has come to, to, to the knowledge of the truth and they've accepted the gospel, we've got platforms like the Discord platform, like this, like TikTok. Come, learn, be involved, grow with us. Um, that's ultimately what we're saying. Grow with us. Not Mike and, and JD or Tyler. Even, even what we're doing, we would be comparable to like the teacher, right? Well, the teacher's only there for a few hours a day throughout the week. You, they need spiritual parents, right? That's who disciples you. Your mentor is a spiritual mm -hmm. spiritual parent. Now, maybe you're lucky enough that your actual parent was your spiritual parent. Makes life easy when it works out that way, but not everybody is. You know, Paul called Timothy a son. Timothy looked at Paul like a father. You you need a, a someone discipling you. And this goes hand in hand with something JD and I have talked about a lot about how, and Justin talked about it when we had him on the show. We see a lot of Christians nowadays that aren't being discipled that aren't being led or taught. So therefore they take the Bible, they lock themselves in a house and they become so low scriptura rather than so less scriptura. And they, yeah. they, they, they figure out I can create my own religion. And then, then you get them that they show up on TikTok. Y'all see him ready. Christianity has been around 2000 years. They come around saying, well, Jesus isn't really his name. That means hail Zeus. It's Yahuwah. And then also <laughs> the Trinity is pagan because that's not what the Bible says. And it's like, you probably uh, you probably learned that on YouTube, didn't you, big fella? Because I can tell you, you didn't search anywhere in church history for that. You didn't search anywhere throughout Christian history over thousands of years. You didn't. That, that, that's not where you got that from. No one discipled you or the person. And they might have been disciples. So someone's going to go, well, I was discipled and I reject the Trinity. If we trace this lineage back to wherever your knowledge comes from, it's not church history. It's not the Gospels. It's not the Bible. That person somewhere did what I'm saying, where they took the Bible yeah. on their own and said, I get, I got this. I figured this out. I know everything. And it's like, no, no, that's not how this works. Infants in all. Christ that were not fed properly. They were malnourished. They were malnourished. They tried, someone tried to give a steak to an infant. I don't know if you know this. I got three kids. That would not work well. In fact, even a little bit older than infant, toddlers struggle with steak unless you really making it a filet mignon like it's like it just melts in your mouth they be over there chewing for 10 days it's like filet mignon it's like man chew the food faster bro like come on little toddler teeth cut it up into tiny bits man they I get mean, on we, my nerves yeah you got even with them you got to cut it in tiny little pieces now think about yeah. the analogy there that means even with your knowledge you give if they still got little toddler teeth you got to give them little little tidbits you can't dump the whole plate a porterhouse or a, a, a tomahawk on the plate like oh yeah now let's talk about what the word elohim means like wait mm, wait a minute mm, yeah wait a minute mm, i don't I don't understand where we're going right now with this, but okay. And you're just forced I mean, it's, it's it. even, like, They even go as far as to say, you know, you get these guys that pop up and they're like, yeah, uh, I've been reading the Bible by myself and I've been doing this for the last four years. I've been reading the Bible in my closet by myself and uh, Jesus is not his name. Uh, you know, like you said, it's Yahuwah Mama Kaka and whatever else. And you've got, you've got, oh, and by the way, you've got to follow the law still. Oh, and by the way, you can't eat pig. Oh, and by the way, you can't this, you can't. And they start bringing all sorts. They're mixing law with a little bit of grace, with a fake Jesus. Um, the Trinity is false. This and, and ultimately, all of these guys, all of these guys, I literally have all of them. You ask them, what church do you go to? No, I don't go to church. 
And you're like, ah, got yeah. him. They say where two or three are gathered, so is the church. And it's like, well, no, that's not what Jesus said. He said where two or three are gathered, so am I. Because he's present with all his believers. But right before that, he speaks of what the church is. You, you weren't here for the episode, but I actually was talking a lot about this. And I had an analogy. I'll show you that I did. But I said, like, I was like, this is, you know, our Bible, right? And I said, none of us know all of it. Don't let any Christian lie to you. If any Christian tells you he knows all this, like the back of his hand, smack him with the same Bible he's holding. The truth of the matter is we all know, even if you study all your life, like that's mostly what you got, all right? Master, like you just got like this, you're solid here. And you you, you sprinkle, I mean, you got some stuff here. And how, how discipleship and fellowship works is here's my knowledge. Here's JD's knowledge. Here's Cam's knowledge. Here's Justin's knowledge. Here's Mariah's knowledge. Here's Lisa's knowledge. Here's Kat's knowledge. Here's Ben's knowledge, right? You get through it all. And when we're together, we can guide each other, correct each other, bounce off each other, because together we've got the word of God, the Holy Spirit's moving through us. But when you get John Smith over here that sits in his closet, this is his knowledge. He got this and then all this right here is ignorance. Then he got a little bit right here. He do. He got a little bit right here, like three pages, then ignorance here. And then he got like, he got two pages here. But so most of his knowledge is ignorance. And that's not, that's not an insult. It's just, there's a lot in the word of God that people have spent their Wait. entire life studying one book of the Bible and, and, and yeah. still have not finished. Um, and then with that, that ignorance, I mean, there's no one the there fact. to keep them accountable. Right. They, yeah. There's no one there to be like, hey, brother, I know you're saying that. I mean, it's just like when I meet someone that says, you know, Christmas is pagan because Jeremiah says it. And it's like, have you read Jeremiah? Like, yeah. did you open it up before you made the claim? Brother, he's yeah, talking man. about an idol and it's not even like it's hard to decipher here. My man said mm. that it's like a scarecrow and it has legs but can't walk. I don't know about you, but I ain't seen the Christmas tree with legs yet. I ain't seen a Christmas tree that the craftsman whittled. You get your Christmas tree whittled? I'm sorry, but it don't take a craftsman to cut a, a, a Christmas tree down. Brother, stop it. Because they go to YouTube to get their knowledge. They go to YouTube and Facebook yeah. or Twitter or whatever it may be, and they see a real dope video. I saw a video the other day where this parent was with a child. Oh, my goodness, J.D. And he said, read that. Uh, he said, he asked his son, what does the name Lucifer mean? So his son said, uh, you know, uh, uh, fallen star, whatever. I forget exactly how he defined it. And then he said, go ahead and read, uh, you know, Isaiah. And Isaiah says, oh, you Lucifer, this, this, and that. You fall in this, this, and that, right? Now we all know, well, at least most of us know, Isaiah's not talking about Satan <laughs> when he says that, actually. So this, this word Lucifer yep. is not being used for Satan there. And then nope. he said, then he tells his son, go ahead and turn to Revelation, this, this, and that. Read, read right there. I am the 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 bright and morning star. Morning star, that's what I meant to say. There we go. And then he said, who's Therefore, talking Jesus right there? Jesus is Lucifer. <laughs> yeah, little boy says, Lucifer. I mean, he says, Jesus is saying that. And he says, so what does that mean? And the little boy goes, Jesus is Lucifer? He's like, that's right. And the little boy goes, yep. yeah. And he's smiling. And I'm just like, man, remember when Jesus said, whoever leads one of these children away from me? Like, I get it. We can use that that statement when it comes to leading a child into sin. But this is by definition leading someone away from him. That is by Old definition. Le- oh, that means Mr. Daddy there. You you the kid's daddy. You be that boy happy. Ooh, <laughs> let me tell you what Jesus said about you. Let me say. And, and there's Look some people out there 
that actually say Jesus is Lucifer because their English understanding of certain things and, and the way that an English Bible is translated and, and also not understanding that Lucifer is not even Satan's name. Lucifer is also a title. It just means morning star and, 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 and another thing. That Jesus says, I'm the bright morning star. And if you look at the Greek, it's two completely different words being used for what Jesus calls himself and what Lucifer is translated into. One of them is a direct actual one word. The other is like broken down words. It's I don't have enough time to really dive into it. Maybe we'll do that one on one of these episodes. But yeah. yeah. And then I've heard people say that Yahweh is actually evil and Jesus came to rebuke Yahweh. And it was like, this is what yeah. happened. This, this is, is what ridiculous. happened. On, on this app, man, since I, I like I, I knew there was bad stuff in the world and then I came to TikTok and I'm like, I'm going to preach the gospel on TikTok. And then I started, I'm like, oh, cool. Hashtag Christian. And then, uh, you know, you look at some of the videos of hashtag Christian. You're like, this ain't Christian at all, brother. What is this? This is some this is some fruit loops, man. This stuff is crazy. You know, I I've recently seen... learned um, from Nick, wow. and you know, Nick's level of knowledge is pretty deep. So I trust him on this. But if you do some research on um, uh, uh, the word Lucifer, it was actually input into the translation because of the fact that the person who was doing that translation uh, had a gripe with a person named Lucifer. So it was actually more of a shot at someone like, I'm going to use this word. Like, that's why wow. that's where the word Lucifer comes from. Because, I mean, think about it, like Lucifer, like, where does that what, what is that word's root? Where does it come from? That's not a word like other words are translated. That's a very interesting word. And, um, mm. you know, Nick was talking to me and I don't I'm not out here preaching it or saying it on TikTok videos, but I need to do some research on that because that would yeah, be funny too. if too. that was the truth of it. But um, let's let's keep diving into first Corinthians. Y'all know we can get sidetracked, but I do want to get through this. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not ready. Even now. Paul's addressing all this other stuff, but they're not ready. And yeah. we can see this because in 2 Corinthians, it gets meaty, right? So think about this for a second. Paul's telling him you're not ready yet. And this letter is very, uh, it's got a lot of instruction in it. It's got a lot of guidance in it. It talks about love. It talks about the gifts of the spirit. It talks about food offered to idols. If you go through this entire letter, it's a lot of instruction and guidance. If you go to 2 Corinthians, it gets deep with mystery. Paul must have decided that they were ready at that point. But at this point, he's saying, you're still not ready. For you are still of the flesh. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to believers. You are still of the flesh. Then he says, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a, in a human way? I love things like this because not only is this something to see, to learn about what Paul's dealing with, but this is something you can pull out to ask yourself questions. Am I still dealing with these things? Right. People ask me all the time, what does Paul mean when he says, make sure you are of the faith and make sure that you are, you know, uh, uh, you're, you're walking in the spirit. Right. Ask yourself these questions. Am I still dealing with these fleshly things? Now, it doesn't mean that these people aren't of the faith, but they're still in the flesh. They're still infants in Christ. Are you beyond these smaller things, this jealousy, this strife? He says, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For what, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? 
Because all you're seeing is these people. You're not seeing how it's Christ in all of them. Instead of seeing Christ in everybody. Like right now, I should be seeing Christ in all of you. You should be seeing Christ in JD, Christ in me. If we're brothers and sisters in Christ, we are of one spirit, of one accord. What did Jesus Amen. say? He prayed to the Father that we would all be one as he is one with the Father. We should all be one as he is one with the father. And if we were all one, we would not see each other as I follow JD, I follow Mike, I follow Justin, I follow Cam, I follow Ryan. It would be, Amen. we are on one accord in one ministry to pursue Christ, right? Exactly. So then says, what then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. I planted Apollos watered. And we know this is true because Paul planted. He preached the gospel. What does Apollos do? He actually would go to these locations where Paul is writing these letters and Paul would preach and he stays there and he guides them and he lives with them and he teaches them. But it is God who gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one. And each will receive his wages according to his labor. Mm -hmm. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. When someone says, Amen. how many souls have you saved? You better never, ever let your lips fix to even give one number. Because yeah, none of Amen. you have saved a soul. I've never saved a soul. JD's never saved a soul. We preach the gospel and whoever God gives growth to, it is God who saves. I, I, you see these when you call out a Mike Todd or something, you always get their defenders that come up like, how many souls have you saved? They've saved the thousands of souls. Like, oh, did they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't remember seeing them die on a cross. Yeah. But then again, I guess Mike Todd did in one of his plays. I've seen that. Um, now we get to the confusing part, and, and you'll see I got a lot of highlights here, but I'm glad we're in context, so we're going to shoot through this pretty quick, right? So this is where people like to go to pull purgatory. And if I got any of my Catholic uh, brothers and sisters watching, maybe you're willing to listen here and let me show you why this is not purgatory. So what have we gotten to here? Paul talking about uh, spiritual knowledge. Paul talking about it is God who gives the growth and how wisdom is folly. All these things are folly. And then right before this, he says, we are fellow workers with God, but it is God who gives the growth. But each one of us will receive a wage for our labor. So, me Amen. and JD, we serve the Lord and we will get a reward for what we do or we'll get punished for things we do bad, right? This is the this is the Christian judgment. People don't realize this, that we don't stand before the 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 you know the judgment seat of of, of condemnation. We pass through that judgment, but we will stand before Jesus in our in his judgment seat of our rewards and our our our, our discipline based on how we walked in, in the light. And then it says, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one, no one, if you're, if you're watching along with me, say no one, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Eternal security. <laughs> no yeah. one can remove that foundation. Are you a part of no one? Look me in the eyes for you people that say you can cast away your salvation. Are you a part of no one? Because if you're not, and I don't know who you are. No one Amen. can lay a foundation. So if, if Christ's foundation is laid, no one 
can lay another foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Eternal security. So now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. FYI, if you know the Old Testament, those are all the ingredients for the temple of God. Because the temple yep. of God, Solomon was told to use gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Interesting, because right after this, he reminds us that we are God's temple. God's spirit dwells within us. So how are we building upon the foundation of Christ with God's new temple? Pay attention. Pay attention. This is purgatory. This is your life today. This is your life right now. Listen. And he's also right before here said, we're working together, building the kingdom. We're planting seeds where God has given the growth. This is what we are doing in this world. Each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Notice Man. here. It's not just the bad people that'll get tested by fire. Are you part of each one? Just like you're part of that no one, you're also part of that each one. Every one of us will be tested in fire, not just the bad people that go to purgatory. as the people that try to say in this context saying, well, you know, this, this is ready. We're about to get into where they pull purgatory from. If the work yeah. that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Now they want to hold on to that and say, well, look, see, they'll still be saved, but through fire. Pause, player. We don't get to just jump that far. All of yeah. us went through fire one line ago or two sentences ago. It says all of us go through that fire, each one of us. And it says if your work survives, you receive a reward. Well, if it, if that reward is not salvation, because clearly the second person doesn't get the reward, what is that reward? What is it? Because they can't say this is that judgment seat, right? Because that would say that that would mean no one goes to that judgment seat because that's where they all go. Yeah. Purgatory. What's that reward? I dare you to say heaven. If you say heaven, I want you to say, "Oops." <laughs> if you say heaven, heaven, I want you to go say, say, oops, go ahead and go do one of these numbers because the next verse says that you will suffer loss, but you will be saved, right? Yeah. This is not talking about purgatory. This is talking about right now you have been saved and there's nothing saying a Christian has to walk in obedience. You can be a disobedient Christian. You can grieve the spirit. You will not lose your salvation. Your life will suffer great loss and you will be saved. But through fire, what does Hebrews 13 say? He disciplines the ones he loves. He chastises Man. his children, right? Man. We know this for a fact that God does not hold back the chastising that his children deserve. Likewise, we have no idea what that judgment seat is like when we stand before him for our rewards. We don't know what, what kind of rebuke is there for those that decided to be the dishonorable vessel, as 2 Timothy chapter 2 says, which let I remind you. In the master's house, there are two types of vessels, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. dishonorable. Ladies and gentlemen, that means there are Christians that are of common use, of dishonorable use in the kingdom of heaven. And it says if you want to be the honorable one, what does it tell you to do? Flee youthful passions, pursue love, peace, joy with those of a, of a pure heart. It's commanding you to do something. This is the yep. you part. People always talk about, oh, good. You're talking about workspace salvation. No, I'm talking about those already saved. You want to work your way towards rewards, or you just want to be the lazy Christian? 
Sorry, JD, I took over for a minute, but this is a no, this bro, passage. you know that I, when I saw when I saw all the highlights, I was like, Mark's Mark's about to get down. Mark's this passage means down. so much this to me. A, <laughs> this is a passage. I mean, you you came out of Catholicism, so it, it's it's an important it's an important lesson to teach. I mean, and with that being said, I've got to bounce though. Oh, I've got to bounce. Okay. And this is this has been an awesome podcast already. Um, and I know Mark's gonna close it off with 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 fire not this type of fire but with fire uh guys god bless you all again um thanks to everybody that's been here mike thanks for having me as always guys like subscribe follow share please we need to get the word out to as many people as we can again the gospel is what saves the gospel is what saves god brings the increase as we've just seen he brings the growth we plant we water but god does the saving salvation comes from god alone through the gospel of jesus christ amen i love you all very much love you brother bear thanks uh thanks for everything guys yeah i'll talk to you soon off air and we'll see you one we'll see you monday god bless brother love you brother peace guys all right, we're going to finish this out. Don't think that just because he's done, you don't get to finish out what we promised to finish. Um, let's go ahead and finish this out. So, again, this would be something that you're asking yourself. Am I building upon the foundation of Christ with things that are worthy? Why? Because I'm building upon the temple of God. Paul goes right into it. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that holy. You are, I'm sorry, you are that temple. And then you notice something. Paul's going to jump right back into what he said in chapter two. This is the interesting part. He jumps right back into the wisdom part. Because what ha- what does this tell me? This tells me that Paul is implying that your, that your self-proclaimed wisdom is what leads to how you build upon the, uh, the, the foundation of Christ. He says, let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Let him become a fool that he may become wise. As Paul said, I came to you with with, with no lofty speech, with no wisdom. He came as a fool. He came as someone just proclaiming Jesus' name. Let the people scoff. Let the people mock. They will become wise. Those that put their trust in Christ, not in their own wisdom. It says, for the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. If y'all think that these people that try to be wiser than God ain't going to have to stand before God one day, he catches the wise in their craftiness as they talk their way around circles of, well, you see, you know, honestly, this is really what it means. And this is really what this is. And Jesus is actually this. And this is actually this. They're going to stand before him. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and they are futile. So let no one boast in men for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. What is that final statement being said? Even if Paul and Apollos were assigned, as Paul said earlier, what was assigned to them, even though they may have been assigned to teach you, maybe I'm the person God assigned to put in your life to guide you to where you need to be. That does not mean you are below me. 
Just as I am in Christ, you are in Christ. And if I am Christ, then I am yours. I belong to you just as much as you belong to me. We are brothers and we are the same. We are equal. We are one in the faith. Same thing with my sisters. I know naturally I might say brothers because, you know, naturally we use the male uh, pronouns and whatnot, but sisters as well. Uh, we are one in the faith. We walk together. We strive together. There is none above each other. There is none below each other. For in Christ Jesus, there is no male nor female, nor free nor slave, nor Greek nor Jew. We are all one. And we have different assignments. We have different hierarchies. Yes, because of who, in, in a sense of order and structure, because we, we serve a God of structure. We serve a God of order. And, and that is the necessity of that. But at the end of the day, we are all here to proclaim his name. Let no man say that he is wise. Let no man be wise in his own eyes. But um, that is the end of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. See, we almost made it through with JD, but then he had to go. But perfect timing because we're at the hour 51 mark. And that means we will be ending this live in nine minutes. So we will open it up for any last minute Q&A before we end the live. And then we will be hopping over to TikTok just for a final, uh, you know, uh, you know, brief end of the show, talk to the people that were watching on TikTok. I will tell you this now, I will not be up late tonight on TikTok. I am exhausted. Um, uh, I've got a lot of great things happening right now. Um, the Lord has been faithful. It's been amazing. Let me just go ahead and say this right now, uh, that, that the Lord has been faithful as he promises. I tell you guys that, you know, recently seek first the kingdom of God and all, and all righteousness and everything will uh, be given to you has been on my heart. And I, that's a goal of mine is just to seek him and trust him. And sometimes people be like, man, you know, I tell people all the time, the gift of faith is an interesting gift because sometimes people be like, man, Mike, I don't even understand how you could just be like, oh, well, God got it. Right. In some situations, they'd be like, okay, Mike, it's okay if you're stressed right now. And I just like, you know what? God's got it. And man, does he continue to, to show up? And man, I'm talking about in the last couple of days, he has showed off. And that's between me and God. So I'm only sharing with you that he has showed off. How he has showed off is between me and him. I have nothing to boast about because he does it for you guys as well. I just want to be a testimony to you that our God does continue to do what he does. And he is present and active. And, and man, am I excited to see. Just know that what he has done in my life this week alone has guaranteed that this ministry will be the number one focus in my life. Um, there will not be anything from the outside affecting it. Um, and any of the normal stressors that would normally interfere with that, this will be a focus. Uh, so it's amazing. It's amazing. He is, he just, I'm still kind of blown away with everything that's been happening, but enough about me. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, when we end in prayer, are there any uh, people that want to throw prayer requests in the live stream chat so that people can hear it and, and they can think about it when they want to uh, pray? Also, uh, the next street preaching we will be doing uh, is going to be uh, next Friday, which I believe is June 24th. I believe it's 24th or 23rd. I keep messing this up. We will be going to the Pride event in Dallas. It is not a Pride parade. It is an event. There's this like square in Dallas uh, in between these buildings that has all these shops and this open like turf. And they got, ironically there, they have this big statue of the spirit of communication. It's an angel, golden statue, an angel. It's very interesting. It's a big idol there. Um, but we're going to go there and um, we're going to preach the gospel. It will not be like, on a mic screaming or anything like that it'll because it's private property but we are hoping to go there and talk to people 
We will make sure that we wear shirts that let people know who we're repping. We're not there to support them. We're not there to condemn them, but we, we will be there to preach the gospel um, individually. Also, uh, guys, I, I, I mentioned uh, uh, in the Discord this the other day, but we have a brother in Christ that is uh, run into some struggles. Um, if you are in the Discord, I ask you to run to the announcements after this. And if you can give anything to help him, I put his cash app in there. He might be in here. And if he is in there, in here right now, and he wants to share his cash app in the comments, that's up to him. I'm not going to put him on blast unless he wants to be on blast. Um, but we all go through struggles in life. He was recently laid off. And we know that sometimes that happens and, and people get put in some situations where they fall behind on some bills. Um, so uh, I put his cash app in the Discord's announcement page. So if you guys can give anything here at the ministry, we did send money. So if you have given money to my ministry, it goes towards that. So you don't got to double give. But if you've never given to the ministry and you've been wanting to give to the ministry, I ask you to give to him. And let's help him take care of some past due rent that needs to be paid. I know that he doesn't have a lot of time to get that situated. And we know that God will provide. We trust that. Um, so I have faith that uh, all I got to do is ask you guys and, and keep praying and it'll come from somewhere. It always does. The Lord always answers. The Lord is faithful. And, and it goes hand in hand with what I just said about myself. Um, so I trust him 100% in that. So again, in the announcements, you might have to scroll back. I don't know what other announcements might have been dropped since I said that. Um, but please check it out. It was just yesterday that I made the announcement. And um, if you can give anything, a dollar or prayers, honestly, prayers are the most valuable. Pray. And God knows who he is. Uh, you don't need to have all these details. You don't need to be like, God, this first name, last name, here's his issue. God knows exactly who he is. Put put him in your prayers and and ask and ask the Lord to to be present in his life and what's going on. Um, so I asked that for him. Um, got four minutes left. I think I saw like one question, uh, about uh favorite verse. Uh, if you were paying attention tonight, man, I can't choose. <laughs> I, I jump around so much. There's so much, there's so much. I just love so much verses. I don't know, man. I would say that my favorite verse changes based on the topic at hand. Uh, what are we doing right now? Are we street preaching? Are we living our lives? Are we dealing with stress? Uh, if I had to really say my favorite verse, all in all of every single verse possible, it would be, uh, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Because we wouldn't have any other verse in the Bible if that one didn't get said. We wouldn't have salvation if that one didn't get said. So that's the one that that really matters. That or it is finished, right? Um, I appreciate you guys being here with us. I'm going to go ahead and um, end this in a prayer. And then, like I said, I'm going to hop over here to the live stream on TikTok to just hang out with people for a minute and we can have more fun. Um, you guys know the live stream on TikTok after the podcast is more of a relaxing thing. Sometimes we get biblical. Sometimes we just hang out and talk. Again, place for fellowship. I really want to, uh, as, as Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 1, we need to be unified. And how do we get unified? By sometimes putting theology to the side and having fellowship because we are called to be one. So um, again, guys, if you're going to join me in prayers tonight, people are in the comment section asking um, uh, uh, about uh, yes, if you can't find his cash app, you can cash at me and just put in the comment section, um, you know, to help that guy, you know, uh, help the help, help our brother, whatever you got to put in there and I will push it over to him. Okay. Um, 
If you see the comments in the comment section, uh, please uh, keep them in your prayers. Our next study is Monday at 9 p.m. That's the guaranteed. So if you're new here, Monday and Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central is the guarantee. I do go live randomly on um, TikTok. I will tell you this right now. This week, with all the new things happening in my life that I was just talking about, I'm going to be a little busy. But what it is, is it's setting up an incredible future where I'm going to be able to put more content out, put more focus in this. It's coming. Next week, I will not be live often at all during the day. Actually, I will not be live at all during the day because next week I will be volunteering to teach the gospel for youth camp at my church. I will be uh, one of the two teachers for the youth um, that we will be having kids from all over the Metroplex coming, not just Christian kids. It's a camp. It's a summer camp. And um, we do uh, uh, we do uh, gospel teaching and and we kind of we we give it to these kids in this style that they can understand it. So that is where my focus will be at. I will be asking for prayers as that time comes that you guys pray that these children's hearts open up and that they hear the gospel. Um, the outline for the week is work heavenly or, or, or working in the way that God designed work. So we're going to be teaching about work ethic that the Bible speaks of and how the garden had work and how God calls us to be good workers for him. And everything that we do, we do so to honor him. And then obviously we'll be presenting the gospel as well. After that, I've got a couple things that are going to keep me out of town, but I'll, the podcast will still go. But um, once 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 this next couple weeks passes, expect to see some more live streams during the day and especially more content on YouTube, like actual original content, not from a live stream, but uploaded content that I that I you know, sit to the side and I do maybe different readings and different teachings and, and, and some series I've talked about with people like my series on Catholicism. And I'm also beginning to write that book that I told you guys I was planning on writing. It is official. I will be getting, I will be starting to write my book. Um, and I'm expecting in my own mind, five to six months on that, um, to give myself, uh, the ability to be patient with it and take my time. So like I said, a lot of things coming up, a lot of things working on in the background that the Lord has recently basically approved. I, I let me put it this way. What has happened in my life is, is I joked saying, man, I wish <laughs> I tell you all the time, be careful what you ask for. Right. Um, I recently said to you guys, uh, uh, um, I wish the Lord would just write me a letter and tell me what he wants me to do and sign it, you know, Jesus. And then it feels like, uh, yesterday he sent me that letter and stamped it heavily. Like here, you wanted it so bad. Boom. Um, approved. <laughs> like, like my request was approved. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's time to start moving forward. It's interesting. Um, if you guys want to reach out to me about helping out in any way, by all means, uh, I appreciate that, Kiara. I would say the best way to do so is in my link tree, not my link tree, my beacons, which I, I think I've updated it and put it in my YouTube. If I haven't, I'll update that today or tomorrow. In my beacons, there's a contact button where you can email me. Um, and email will be a great way that I need to start using for some real communication with people that have serious inquiries. Like, Hey, we're trying to, we would love to partner with you. We would love to book you to preach over here or come talk to my church. I would love to help out the ministry. That's what that would be for. Not just chatting like on discord, but all right, guys, let's get out of here. Let me pray. And then we're going to hop over to YouTube. <sighs> Heavenly father. Thank you so much that this day has come. Thank you that you've allowed us to wake up this morning. Thank you that you've allowed us to draw breath. I'll never get tired of saying those words because, Father, I'll, I'll never be more happy than the day you give me because every day is your day. 
Every day is a day to glorify you, another day to thank you. And if you stopped giving today, we would have an eternity worth of thanks to give you. So, Lord, the more you give us days, the more we have to thank you and proclaim your name to others so that they can find the joy that we have found in you, find the hope that we have found in you, find the peace that we have found in you. Father, I come before you and lift up all the names of your of your believers, of your body. And, and I don't mean just the people that had the luxury of tuning in tonight, because that list would be smaller than the entire body. And that list is, is, is a privileged list. There are people today that don't have internet, that don't have shelter, that don't have food. I lift them up, Father. I lift them up as they hide from persecution in North Korea and China and Africa and the Middle East and even in places of Europe and in South America. I lift before you all the names of the saints right now that are scared, but trusting in you. And Father, I ask you to give us their faith. Father, we're the ones that need you. I mean, they've, they're out there trusting in you. And meanwhile, we're in this country being complacent, thinking we already have you. We see this in the church of Laodicea when, when Jesus, when you say that they are lukewarm because they, are, they think that their money and their clothes and their wealth means something. And we are so that church today in this country, Lord. So I pray that you remind us not to be complacent, that you remind us to put our trust in you and to not put our trust in our own personal achievements, our own wealth. You said that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a, uh, of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. And the sad thing is many of us in this country do not realize that we are rich in this world because we have more than so much of the world. So, Father, I ask you to, to take that from us and let us be let us be strong and rich spiritually. Let us walk with you. Let us stay in your sights. Let us stay on your path and help us to be your children. Guide us, be with us, and let your will be done in our lives. And I pray all this through Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right, guys, I appreciate you being here with me. I appreciate you guys listening as always. It is a pleasure. It, this podcast started off rough because I woke up right before we went live, and that's why I didn't have as much energy. But as JD said, I think this was an, ep an excellent episode. I feel like we really got things going. I look forward to seeing what people say later. Make sure if you enjoyed this comment in here, if you're watching this after the fact, let us know what you enjoyed. Let us know what you would like to see. Help us to kind of build this to really help you because the goal is to edify you guys. If you're not being edified, then it's just us talking, and that's not the purpose of this. So please let us know what you think below. We do appreciate that. If you want to support the ministry, links are in the bio. And as always, guys, go in peace. Okay.